This podcast is sponsored by Finomat, finding the most suitable donor with the matching tool for the best teams. Hello, and welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Conversations. Today we are joined by two lovely guests, Andre and Eileen, and they are the founders of the fertility app, Bumpy. They join us today to share their fertility journey and the inspiration behind their app, as well as how uh, you can use their app wherever you are around the world to navigate your fertility journey. So welcome, Andre and Eileen, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you. Hi. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. So to start off, we usually say, tell us a little bit about yourself, as much or as little as you'd like to share. Great. I can start. Uh, All right. Yeah, my name is Ellen. Uh, I always find it so hard when you're introducing yourself. How big (laughs) would you make it or where would you start? Yeah. I'm uh, originally from Sweden, CEO and co-founder of Bumpy. And yeah, my passion for Bumpy and the fertility journey comes from my own experience. I've been going through infertility for a long time, been spending 10 years doing IVF treatments in Sweden and abroad. And me and my husband have been going through multiple miscarriages. And I always felt very lonely on this journey. So I felt like I wanted to create the space where people can um, yeah, meet and talk to each other and also help others to find the right fertility clinic. Yeah, and uh, hi, my name is Andrea. I'm the co-founder of Bumpy. And uh, just like Elin, I've had a very long um, and still ongoing journey of uh, infertility. Um, I was actually confronted when I was only 16 um, with uh, infertility itself and um, yeah I'm one of 4,000 women that is born um, without a functioning uterus so yeah that topic came along <laughs> very early in my life um, and then also been going through um, many IVF treatments to try and uh, collect eggs and freeze embryos um, in both Australia but also in Sweden and um, yeah, also was one of the first in the world to have a uterus transplanted from a deceased donor um, just three years ago, which was amazing. Um, all my hopes and dreams were so close, but yet so far. And unfortunately, that didn't work out for me either. Um, so yeah, still on this journey. Thank you so much, um, both of you, for giving a brief about yourselves. I'm so sorry, Aline, about your losses. Um, thank you for both using your experiences uh, to provide a community to support um, others currently navigating their journeys. So I'm not sure um, if you'd like to share more about uh, your experience. I know, Andrea, you mentioned that um, about your condition without being born with the functional uterus. Is that MRKH? Is that the condition? And yeah. would you like to share more um, about your journey so far? 
Um, yeah, that that is exactly right. Um, I mean, for me, that as I said, I found out because I didn't get a period, and everyone else did, and I turned sixteen, and I still didn't have a period. So then, went to the gynecologist and got my diagnosis. <laughs> That's kind of how it happened. I'm laughing about it now. It was not so funny then, but um, yeah, I think as a teenager specifically, that is really confronting because you of course going through a lot of body changes and like you know going into puberty um and you want to be like everyone else you don't want to be any different and even though it's not a visible difference it's still um something that will affect you later in life right so yeah it was a, a difficult but also in some way i was relieved actually because getting the diagnosis I knew I finally had an answer okay this is why I don't have a menstruation um and now I can just actually the way I deal with this is I just told my friend I got it um that was my way of dealing with it and uh, not talk about it not right. saying it's the best way but at the time that felt like the best way for me um so yeah it's... but that must have been pretty hard right because I mean, who was even speaking about then? Who did you, did you even know anyone else that had the same condition? And Yeah, no, I didn't because actually this was, I mean, I'm 37 now and um, well, long way back, this was before social media. This was before um, Facebook. This was before right. uh, any of the technology existed. And I mean, I think I just got my first mobile phone and we know how mobile phones yeah then so Funky. yeah there was no real i mean community so there was nothing out there to be to connect with others so actually the very first time i uh, met someone with the same condition as me was through bumpy um oh. <laughs> so not that long ago um and that was um yeah that was quite uh uh, amazing uh, in a sense and now I've met through Bumpy actually three other people um, <laughs> that have the same condition and I mean this condition is very I mean it affects your fertility right so uh, when you're a teenager I think the hardest part is that you want to fit in and you want to be like everyone else and you want to just have your period and like yeah use tampons like that seems like a big thing of yeah. course everyone else thinking like oh th that must be amazing not having to go through that every month and I think that was the the worst thing that people actually said to me like when I it was in my early 20s and I told my friends about it oh you're so lucky you don't have a period mm. <laughs> it's like mm, no that's not how it feels like yeah yeah Thank you so, so much. Mm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what more to share about it, but I think nowadays I know there's a lot of um, communities actually out there for people with this condition so they really can connect with others. And I think, yeah, people deal with uh, this very differently, but I think it would have been so helpful in my case to have someone else. Okay. that would have been the best thing because even though it was hush hush in my family I didn't want to talk to my siblings about it I didn't want to talk to my friends about it I wanted to talk to someone that has exactly the same thing 
and yeah. that understands it. And I didn't have that opportunity then, but nowadays, thanks to technology, this is possible. So no one will have to go through this alone going forward, which is amazing. Exactly. And that makes such a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And um, Aline, did you want to share um, more about yourself, about your journey before we move forward to speaking more about your app? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I have a very different story from Andrea, obviously. So I first realized that me and my husband were going to be challenged with this. Um, not actually when we had the first miscarriage. So 10 years ago, we had the first one. And the first time it happened and I started reading about it and realizing that it's actually pretty common. So I wasn't too devastated because I was. we were lucky that it happened quickly for us. So we thought back then that we could decide when you're having a family and it worked uh, quickly. But then when this started repeating itself month over month, and it was when I had, I think, my third miscarriage and when... Um, obviously that's also when you say medically that you should go and, and check if something is wrong. That's when we realized that this might actually become a problem. And then, yeah, it years passed by and we were just experiencing miscarriages over and over again. I had the, what you call the regular miscarriages. Um, we had missed abortion and then on my miscarriage number eight, I went through um, an ectopic pregnancy and that was really traumatic for me because when every time in the beginning, when I got first got pregnant and I called um, the gynecologist to tell them and like, what's the next step? When should I come in for an ultrasound? Um, and I called them to tell them I had a miscarriage. They said, oh, that's okay. Tough luck. But yeah, come back next time you're pregnant. So I was like, okay, that's how they are treating miscarri miscarriages um, in the in the health field. So I started having really bad pains, but no one ever told me that watch out for the symptoms. If you're having ba really bad pain, if you're throwing up, that's not normal, but no one had warned me for it. So I, I thought that, okay, this too will pass and it will be just like the other miscarriages. But then lately I was in so much pain and I went into the emergency room and they had to do um, a very quick um, surgery to re remove my fallopian tube. And it wasn't until after that, that I realized that that's actually a very serious condition. If yes. you're experiencing the ectopic pregnancy, that the fallopian tube can burst and uh, you get lots of blood in your, in your stomach and it become, can actually become life-threatening, but no one had told me about it. So, so yeah, and also during this time, as I mentioned quickly in the presentation, that I felt very lonely and no one to talk to. Um, so, so yeah, um, that's kind of my background story. And, and again, the reason why me and Andrea met was also over the topic that we both went through uh, very different things, but we had the same feelings of the loneliness, not having anyone to talk to. And just like Andrea said, I felt like the closest people around me, they they didn't get me. They didn't understand. They could say that they understood, but I knew deep inside, like they they don't know what it is I'm talking about. So I also felt so much more relieved when finding others who understood what it was to go through a miscarriage. And a miscarriage is not just like how they, they talk about it in the medical field, like that's just the bleeding. No, that's dreams and hopes. You have a name. You have like your whole future planned out when you're realizing that you're pregnant. So it was so nice to finally meet people also through Bumpy that had the same experiences. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And again, so sorry about your losses. That must have been really horrific and heartbreaking going through that one after the other. And again, I think the medical field, you just need to have better support because again, like you said, the losses are people's dreams. So just saying, well, you know, it happens, try again, it's not good enough. And sometimes they need to do more investigations and see perhaps what might be causing it. So, yeah, uh, that was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, no, just to add to that, because that was such a big surprise for me, how they treated that. I just still don't understand to this day, because we talked to so many of our users in the app that experienced the same thing, that like having issues to become pregnant or going through this kind of traumatic experiences or miscarriages are treated just like that's something we should know how to cope with. Yeah. You're not offered any kind of support, no one to talk to. Uh, and it's, of course, yeah, it, it's traumatic in, in many ways. So, yeah, and especially coming from Sweden, we always want to put ourselves in the forefront when it comes to the private health sector, etc. But when it comes to the infertility, we actually, yeah, we, we just don't have enough support. Right. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, and of course, that brings us to Bumpy and both yourself and Andrea have mentioned the fact that in your different journeys, there wasn't support. You didn't really know anyone else that was dealing with it. Um, so what was the inspiration? How do you both meet and decide to start this app? Yeah, so we actually met through a common friend um, yeah. and we met several times actually before we connected and we never talked about um just like you people still don't do when it's still highly stigmatized right so we never talked about it but we kind of knew each other i don't know when you when you're going through infertility you just can point out the other people that are going through the same thing so yeah. we kind of knew and then when we finally started opening up uh, to each other about it we just really connected and bonded over that um and then, yeah, I mentioned earlier that I had a uterus transplant in 2020. Um, and when that kind of all went sour um, and I got really, really, really ill and recovering back from that, um, we both just decided that we wanted to do something in this field and like support others that are going through this very difficult journey, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be everyone has a completely unique experience and a completely different journey, but we all have sort of the same feelings. There's not a lot of support around. What do you do? Where, what step should I do next? There's so little information. It's very fragmented. So we just wanted to start off with create a community where people can connect with each other. Um, that was kind of the, the initial thought of when we uh, found a bumpy and then, um, yeah, quite quickly, we discovered we want to help people like navigate the journey. So, you know, okay, I'm experiencing um, hard times before pregnant, or I'm going through a miscarriage, what should I do now? What's the next step? Um, who do I go see? Do I go see a gynecologist? Do I go to my healthcare center? Um, which clinic shall I choose? So there's so many aspects of this journey that you have no idea about so that's kind of the problem that we're trying to solve we're trying to help people find the right clinic based on their needs and also enhance with reviews from real people amazing 
And, and the reality is that so many things you highlighted that are so important for people navigating fertility journeys. Like people can say, oh, yeah, there's so many clinics and everyone seems to be good. But the reality is that not everyone is specialized in whatever your situation is for that person. Not everyone um, might be empathetic. Some clinics, not so much. Some people don't respond to you in time. So some people um, are just not, as great as might appear. So knowing other people that have gone to those clinics can be really helpful. And of course, connecting with others. So, so for anyone listening, these are big parts of anyone navigating fertility journeys. They makes a huge difference. And of course, connecting with others that understand. So Eileen, who are those that can join, use the app? And can anyone across the globe access the app? Yeah, so until today, we have launched in all European markets. So we're focusing on Europe for now. Nice. Um, obviously, for yeah, for obvious reasons, uh, living here, knowing the markets, both me and Andrea have been traveling uh, to, to various countries to do the research. And that's also one thing that was very interesting for me, for my, my own life, was that when the doctors in Sweden told me that we needed to go abroad because we have very limited tools in Sweden on what you can do when it comes to testing of the embryos, for example, and I asked him, it's like, yeah, we're happy to go abroad, but where should we go? And he said, well, I don't know, go home and Google. And we're like, what? Like, is that what you get from the doctor? And he just said, like, well, I can give you the top five countries and then you go home and choose your clinic. So that was also something that was completely new to me. So for anyone who is like in the situation where you have to travel abroad, we're adding more and more clinics. Today, I think we have around... 50 clinics and wow, that's from, amazing from Europe yeah and we're adding more every week and there's also a feature in the app so if you want to add a clinic you can easily go into the app and just add your own clinic if you want to write a review or if you want to highlight that one and just share your recommendations because that again that was so hard for me when you can google and you can find difficult different um medical sites but it's so hard to understand really what you yeah. said about like are the staff, are they empathic? Like, do they understand you? Do they have your treatments, et cetera? So yeah, we really recommend anyone going through a treatment to go into the app and, and review their clinic so that they can help others to make their choice. Wonderful. Well done on accessing, on providing this to anyone in Europe and being able to go to clinics across the globe, like you said, sorry, across Europe. Um, like you said, there's so many clinics, some people doing genetic testing, some people... Uh, specializing in um, certain testing for people that might have experienced perhaps implantation failure or whatever the case might be. So it's important um, being able to um, know the right clinic to go to based on people's experiences and reviews. Um, so for anyone living in Europe and looking to use Bumpy app, do you just go on the app store and get it? Is it free? Uh yeah. What's yeah. the procedure? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can go to App Store or uh, Google Play, download the app. It's free, completely free for the user. The only part in the app that um, you will have to pay for yourself, and that's mainly for the Swedish users. We have access to psychologists as well if they need that. Oh, nice. But just to access the app, access um, the community, access all our resources, which are available in English as well, um, you can just download the app for free and go there and what we really want to highlight as Aileen said I think on this journey it's so important to get input from others I have been having to find the clinic several times 
and um, you can end up at the wrong clinic or the wrong clinic for you per se. So yeah. having other people leave a review, if you've done a IVF treatment or whatever treatment at, at any clinic or gynecologist, make sure to leave a review because that really helps someone else who's on the journey um, as well. What we really want to do in our app is like that people can connect to the people that left the review, ask them more questions if they want to. So this is really about like sharing experiences um, yeah. and helping others. So important. And can people reach out to each other as well? And perhaps, you know, you yeah. never know, people might be leaving very close to each other. Yes. <laughs> maybe even have meetups or whatever the case. Absolutely. Maybe. So you can um, chat with people directly. You get a chat request. So it doesn't just send right. to you, but if you accept it, um, you can. We also have different groups for different specific topics, like, for example, endometriosis or multiple um, pregnancy loss, etc. So, yeah, it's, it's really, really. We also have a feature actually um, where you can add your timeline. And also mm -hmm. talking about what Ellie mentioned before at the beginning, you know, every fertility journey is tied to so many dreams and hopes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had so many baby names myself <laughs> going yeah. through this journey because every time you start a new one, you have like a name in mind that, okay, this time it's going to work and this is the person. Um, and so we're actually doing like a, a campaign where we're raising awareness about this. And um, basically all the unborn baby names, we're collecting them. So you can actually anonymously add the name to help us raise, raise awareness as well. Um, so because in Sweden, we have like this list that came out every year in January, where they uh, the most popular baby names of the year for boys <laughs> and girls are listed and they stopping that list. Um, and now we want to create this list uh, this year. Um, which is all the unborn babies. We call it the the babies that are in our hearts, but not our arms, because oh. those are also important, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, just an, another feature that we we're doing to to raise awareness. That's really amazing. Yeah. So yeah, go go and add a name if you have one. Um, we will share the list. It's all completely anonymous um, in January to yeah make Pretty sure we get people to understand that this is tough especially those that are not going through it and that have yeah easy because those are the ones that don't understand what those names or the babies unborn mean exactly or when somebody uses that name that you've been trying to hope that or you had for that baby that never came to be so yeah. having such a list would be such a game changer and will do so much in educating people and raising awareness and hopefully letting people be kinder to yeah, others exactly i think that's uh sorry go ahead yeah no i was also going to say just add to that that we're also launching the website because that's important not everyone <sighs> downloading the app just so you mm -hmm. know get all access to all of this and and find all of this information on the the bumpy website as well just yeah for the listener if they want to find out more about what andrea has been talking about well done ladies you actually didn't so much <laughs> to provide support that's amazing in in this um you know again such highly taboo subjects often stigmatized there isn't a lot of people speaking about it 
So thank you for creating such safe spaces for people to connect, to be able to feel seen and to know that they're not alone. It's so important. And of course, we're realizing that infertility is rising globally. Now they say it's one in six. It's a disease now um, as confirmed by WHO. So again, that's a lot of people. And oftentimes people might just not say anything, but they're dealing with it because they don't know someone else who is. So exactly. having your app, having your website really helps. And also one thing we really want to highlight here, because I mean, I think you asked it before. I'm not sure if we answered it, like who is the app for? Because yeah. of course, a lot of our users are women, but what we really want to make sure also is very much well understood is infertility is not a female issue. Mm, yeah. Although we as women often have to carry the physical um, burden, you know, going through the you know the uh, injections for IVF and like the physical part of going through a miscarriage etc like there is a man on the side for many some there isn't of course but infertility also affects men equally yes. much so it's not like oh it's the woman's fault and it's you know it affects men and women equally and actually male fertility has gone down very drastically the last um 40 years so yes. just also something important to note that it's not a, a female issue and it's not a women's issue and people need to wake up to that as well so important thank you for highlighting that i know that across the globe people need more awareness about that but for definitely i live in nigeria and for sure that's something that we need this to be on the news every day because Every time a couple is struggling, no one ever wonders, could it be a male issue? It's always, it must be the woman. She must have done something. There's a reason why this is not happening. Yeah, you know? I just imagine that burden that all these women have to carry. Like, uh, yeah. it's not really right. And the issue, yeah, lies 50-50 if it's on the male side or on both or not to be found but it's not like a, a women's issue i think that's we definitely should highlight yes and even some men don't even go for testing because they think we can't be me yeah of course Actually, we hear that a lot in the startup world as well like men oh i don't have an issue with this <laughs> it, it becomes such a a, a defensive comment mm -hmm. almost so often which is really bizarre like like i don't know it's the manhood crushed or whatnot but it becomes a big thing i hear that so often when we talk about like and explain what we're doing with bumpy and like um yeah often uh males are very defensive about this yeah and to add on that exactly what you said andrea them themselves never have had any issues and they also don't know anyone so everyone is always like oh because we're talking to lots of investors and yeah for obvious reasons there are many middle-aged men we're talking to but mm -hmm. statistically like andrea said like this is in 50 percent of the cases it's on the male side so statistically it doesn't add up that yeah. no none of the men we're talking to don't even know anyone going through issues but uh women do so that's yeah absolutely definitely even more more of a taboo on the on the male side yeah. something we need to yeah put a spotlight on yes and i'm so glad i'm not sure if you saw a post that there's a post that put up yesterday by a guy that just a uh, british uh poet and novelist i died last week um benjamin zipanaya i believe his name uh, uh i hope i'm pronouncing his last name correctly but he had uh, male infertility and spoke um 
a lot about it to raise awareness because he also expressed how sad and how devastating it was for him and how he still never got through it. Um, even as he got older, he died at 65 and he wrote that last year, 64, and saying how it still impacted him so much. So I'm glad that there was a voice like that speaking about it and that hopefully we keep having more people raising awareness about that reality uh, and to provide more support for men as well, because, I mean, everyone needs support. But again, like you highlighted, there's so much ego attached to it and masculinity and people feeling like, well, if that's happening, that they might feel like less of a man. So we need support to let people know it doesn't really change who you are. Um, infertility is a disease so exactly yeah 100 percent. more more male um voices speaking up about these issues as well um for sure very important yeah and hopefully that would impact yourselves when you do reach out to these investors uh the more they see that impacts everybody not just women Exactly. And that's also why we so often, well, I'm not, it's not that I'm surprised, but I get annoyed that they always, they put us in the femtech space and we're mm. trying to tell them fertility is not femtech, that's human tech. But exactly. for some reason they hear fertility and oh, that's on the, a female issue. So that's femtech. It's not. Yeah, definitely more awareness. Yeah. How can people support? So I, I guess, you know, uh, of course, Bumpy app, like you said, it's free for everyone to use. It does cost a lot of money to create apps, to keep doing all that you're doing and creating that support and awareness. So for anyone listening, how can this support Bumpy and help you to reach more people? I mean, it would be really fantastic, One of all, first of all, to download the app, check it out, but tell someone you know about it, like share the word about Bumpy. As we said before, like if you've had a fertility treatment or like fertility testing done at a clinic, um, share your experiences. That's the most important thing because you're not only helping us, Bumpy, you're helping so many thousands of people that are navigating the journey. So that's the most important thing to help others, but it will also help Bumpy um, share your experiences. Exactly. And if they want to do that on the website, just to mention it. So that's bumpyclinics.com, where they can go in and just super easily uh, write a review. And as Andrea said, that will help so many others coming after who's on the hunt for the right fertility clinic. Exactly. For the, for the app, uh, if you search in App Store Google Play, Bumpy with a P, Bumpy, like a bumpy yeah. road to a baby bump. <laughs> then... uh, is that where the name came up? exactly exactly ah. bumpy road um so if you type in bumpy app you should find it um amazing exactly well done ladies and are you planning to perhaps in the near future visit more clinics then to check some of your clinics on your app absolutely wonderful Given what you've done so far, and of course your experience starting the uh, creating the app and constantly creating awareness, um, providing more support for people still on their journeys, um, what would you say? How would you say infertility has changed you through the years? Oh, yeah, I think I think me and Aileen talk about this a lot uh, about my personal journey, but I've been extremely unlucky in everything I've started and new processes and stuff. 
but I've become very um yeah it's hard for me to to uh not expect something bad to happen sometimes you know like right. I expect the worst quite often uh and that's what has changed because even though I have very I, I think I've been quite good at coming out of it again and finding hope again and trying again I think how it's changed me that I uh, trust in people and like it's difficult and also like seeing being a little bit more negative when it comes to yeah expectations and like I yeah I think that's how it's changed me for sure it's hard for that not to happen isn't it because Mm. Infertility can be so long and so much no certainties whatsoever and no guarantees, even though we see every time on the internet, IVF led to twins and bad and it's obviously not the reality. Um, Seems like you're gambling away money each time we do it, but do it because you hope for and your dreams are attached to that potential outcome. Exactly. And I mean, the financial aspect, I mean, you have so many parts, you have the physical aspect and you have the emotional aspect and the financial one we don't talk about enough, maybe, but I mean, it's crazy. We were just before we joined, yeah. we were talking about this, but like the amount of money um, spent, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, crazy. And, um, but you still have this hope and, oh, and, and, and I mean, in, in a sense, like that's one of the big challenges for a lot of people as well. IVF is expensive. Yeah. It's really expensive. And fertility treatments are expensive. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that part as well. Yeah. And I'm hoping that across the globe that somehow there'll be more support from the government, from employers, for people to see. Because again, even many insurance companies don't cover fertility because they think it's some kind of you know, um, elective procedure, you're choosing to do this instead of just doing it at home. And it's like, oh no, it's a disease. And just like you cover other conditions, you should cover this. So again, that's another aspect that is still not being addressed, but of course impacts so many. Yeah. Doesn't matter how rich you might be. The money is way, it's just way too expensive for each cycle. Exactly, exactly. And then, yeah, as we um, hear from our users as well, I mean, in Sweden, you're lucky if you have a medical condition, you can get three rounds um, by the government. Um, But of course, people also have very unrealistic expectations often and think like, oh, I'll do IVF and then I will get my baby. And that's not reality for many of us right yeah um, so yeah three rounds is maybe not enough for a lot of people and you would need to expect at least three rounds unless you're one of the lucky ones that succeeds on the first try exactly yeah there's definitely more awareness about the fact that it's not guaranteed i thought the first time well, actually when we got um um advised and we decided to proceed with IVF I was like oh okay this is this is good you know pretty straightforward nine months twins let's just do one boy one girl 
<laughs> you know, I think back and I thought, how silly was I? But that's what I thought because that's all I saw in the media, in the magazines. So it just seemed like, you know, it's just something you just choose what you want and it just happens. But of course, knowing what I know now, that is so not the reality. No, exactly. It's, uh, we, yeah, I think that's something educate education needs to be better as well. Like, what does it actually entail? And to get realistic expectations, because I think that's also where you get like really, really disappointed when you think, okay, but now we're doing this. Okay, we put all our money in that, like, this is mm -hmm. going to work. And then it doesn't. And you get so disappointed each time. So I think having expectations that um, this might not work, um, but we have a lot of hope. And then just being a little bit more realistic about that as well, I think would help. Yeah. And I can only relate to that. Exactly what you said. Like everyone told me the same thing when we were going through the miscarriages, like, well, just do IVF. And I was like, okay, that's how it works. So I had that same feeling. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. we can just pay and then our issues will be gone. But yeah, 13 embryo transfers and nothing came out of that. So yeah, definitely the realistic aspect is, is, yeah, important. And that is also just thinking about like what this journey has, has taught me. It's like this thing that like everyone is battling their own fights. Be kind to people yeah. because that's something that I, I really put a mask on and I was so happy. I went to work was like pretending outwards like nothing was impacting me and I came home devastated crying and I just like it, it was yeah horrible to play those two different roles and then just like understanding that the people go through so much that we don't see on the outside so just in general keeping that in in mind whatever it is if it's infertility or, or if it's something else but just yeah generally be, be kinder to people well said and if you could go back in time, ladies, to your 18-year-old self or perhaps 21, for that young age where, you know, everything was seemed perfect and what would you tell her? Wow. Um, that's a, that's a, I haven't thought about that one, actually. Um, to the eight, back to the 18-year-old. I would say, well, in my case, I can't really say it's going to be okay in the end, but I still believe it's going to be okay in the end, even though I'm not there yet. Um, yes. But just be patient and um, live life to the fullest. Enjoy all the moments through the, the tough times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can I can agree with what you just said, Andrea, and also the importance of you don't have to be strong all the time. It's 100 percent fine to be weak and to um, have those moments. And you don't have to what I just talked about as well, like to pretend to be to be strong for anyone else. Um, yeah, very important thing I would say to myself as an 18 year old. Actually, now that you said that, Elin, actually, there is one thing because I haven't really done that before, but I'm learning to do that is, you know, you can say no to many things. You don't have to go to 
baby showers or family events. You don't have to be there at Christmas. You can do your own Christmas somewhere. Like you don't have to feel yes. that you have to put yourself in situations where you don't feel comfortable. And I'm still learning to do that, to be honest. So, But going back to my eating yourself, I would tell them start earlier with trying to figure out what's best for you. Um, and if you don't feel okay, then don't do it. There is no reason to put ourselves into situations where we don't feel comfortable, that we know that's going to trigger us, where we leave worse than when we went in. Um, I'm still learning to do that myself, to be honest, but I think that's what I would tell myself. Set boundaries or try and set boundaries. So important. Well said, ladies. And, you know, like because we are in the festive season and getting towards the end of the year, um, that is so important, right? Knowing it's okay to not go to that party or even at any point in time for baby showers doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're not happy for that person, right? Because I think people that are not experiencing infertility don't understand that. They think that, oh, perhaps you're jealous and you've just been bitter. And it's like, well, no, it's just, you don't know what that person is experiencing. You don't know if they just have another failed cycle or loss or whatever the case might be. But, and you shouldn't have to put all that aside and somehow go there and laugh and pretend everything is okay when it's not. Yeah. Hundred percent, exactly. Thank you so much, ladies. And as a wrap up, any words of encouragement or advice for anyone currently navigating their fertility journeys? Patience. Um, don't be too hard on yourself. It's okay if you don't feel good. Just let the feelings come. And try and find a support network or your support system, whatever that might be. Um, if that's an online community, if that's a friend you can confide in, if that's your family, I mean, it's it's different for everyone, but find a support system that can help you through this. Maybe that's a psychologist. Like it's really depends on you, but acknowledge your feelings and it's okay, whatever they might be. Yeah, Andrea said it so well, so I don't think I have to add anything. I can just emphasize the the the, the um, what you said about like setting boundaries and putting yourself first, and that's perfectly okay. And that's what you should do. And don't compromise on your own feelings for someone else in this journey. It can be long and tough. It's always tough, and it can be really long. So yeah, remembering to to be nice to yourself as well. Thank you so much, ladies. It has really um, been amazing having you both here. It's, it seems like, um, you know, with your wealth, well, I shouldn't say wealth because, well, with your experience, because, you know, you don't want to make it sound like this is good. Nobody wants to go through a fertility <laughs> journey. But over the years, you do have a lot of experience in uh, experience with your own personal journeys, but with also connecting with other people. And of course, now creating this amazing app, Bumpy, to support other people. Well done. And thank you so much for all that you're doing. Uh, of course, fertility and infertility is still highly stigmatized. So choosing to share your stories, to come out there, to be vulnerable and to provide to support other people is um is really amazing. Um, that's the reality. And I just want to thank you for all that you're doing, hoping that 
um, when we do meet again, perhaps we can have this. I know <laughs> we met in person uh, earlier this year. I hope that in the near future we can meet again and um, all meet with our babies. Um, it will be amazing. Uh, but thank you so much for taking out of your busy schedules to come and share your experience and to uh, share how you're supporting people all across Europe. Um, what you're doing is so amazing, so helpful. Uh, is helping people to not have to go through the difficult journey them just by themselves, but also having someone and other people guide them through the whole process. Um, if we had had that early in our journeys, it could have made things a little easier. So thank you so much. And thank you so much thank for all so that much. you do. Yeah, I mean, you with your platform, you're helping so many people as well. Keep that in mind. So thank you for having us. And I um, look forward to the day we meet <laughs> when we all have our babies. Um, that uh, is going to happen. I'm uh, it will for sure. <laughs> yes, I'm hoping holding on to that. And those babies, we're going to tell them what we did. How <laughs> <laughs> exactly. we did to make this a reality. Exactly. So, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, we we so glad we got to come and and speak on your podcast. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much both of you ladies and hope to uh, have you again in the near future. Thank you. And well done on all you're doing with Bumpy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the fertility conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at fertility conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.